From the PSIA ASI Mobile Studios at Breckenridge, Colorado at the Double Tree, I'm George Thomas, and uh, we're going to be talking, uh, it's really a follow-up with you, Dusty. It's been a long time, and I, I know you're a little under the weather, so thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Oh, yeah, you bet, George. Uh, we're going to be talking steeps. Uh, it was a really popular interview, and uh, I think we're going to go kind of progress from where we were. We were talking more about teaching in the steeps and kind of an introduction and you wanted to really address uh, more advanced turns on the steep terrain. Yeah, looking at looking at some other thoughts that we're going to have in there, you know, maybe changing up your intent or some tactics as we get into that terrain, you know, for different outcomes and a little bit more performance for sure. So I'm on a steep uh, run, looking down, got the adrenaline going, and um, kind of just refresh us on where we are, where we're starting out, and then let's build from there. Yeah, you know, I think in the, in the last time we, you and I had a chance to talk, we, we spent some time talking about ma- managing our, our emotions, our fear, um, and how fear can look the same for anybody, in, you know, first timer on, on the bunny slope to anywhere. And so that, that managing fear, and then we spoke some, spent some time speaking to uh, giving permissions, permissions to, to make big, big aggressive movements, make big like step turns or hop turns or other things to to get you to get it just just to get it done right because there's a difference between sometimes being effective and efficient um and then we we got into a little bit of what, what are some intents that i coach when people are first getting into that terrain and i shared that i spend a lot of time coaching people that are new into the steep terrain to really work on reducing edge angle and uh, out of crested butte you have quite a bit of steep terrain don't you we are fortunate to have a good amount of, of lifts or steep terrain we have there and Sometimes we're covered with a lot of snow, and sometimes you got to choose your way carefully. So I do remember that when we were talking about you know, that first timer, something that looks very flat to us looks extremely steep to that person because you don't know how to control what's going on. So um, as we've developed and our comfort level has expanded, uh, and we are getting onto some more steeper terrain or steeper terrain with bumps or, you know, something that's making it even more challenging. Again, how do we deal with that and take us through these next steps as, as we're getting more advanced? Yeah, for sure. So uh, some pieces that I'm interested in sharing are covered around the idea of, okay, so we're out there, we're skiing in some, you know, black, double black terrain or, or steeper, you know, getting in the back country. Um, is okay so we, we worked on flattening our edges and 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 per, per se staying a little bit more over our base of support so our skis are easier to maneuver and um so taking that with some intent now as as we have some a little bit of ownership of that um and we see you know some things that, that you know you're ready to to take some next steps or as, as you come around towards the finish of a turn if you can finish over your base of support where your skis will release as opposed to very inside and holding on to your edges, um, and, you know, and kind of and locked on that, and you have to make a bigger move. And so when you start seeing that happen, you can start looking at how are you going to now start working the skis to to per se make make some turns that look per se. If you were on a on a blue groomer, you know, what what are some qualities you would see of a of performance skiing on blue groomer of the ski starting to gauge higher and higher in the turn. Um, and then with that, if you can hold on to that ability to get over your base support towards the finish of the turn, now you have the opportunity to let go and, re- and re-engage. And then um, this is going to provide 
skiers an, an opportunity to to manage their speed higher in the turn through turn shape and also being able to create friction higher in the turn if you start being able to shape that turn uh, the skis are engaging the edges engaging the snow um, be able to create a little bit of friction up high and then as you let go and maybe have a complete turn you'll be able to have more fluidity and smoothness throughout the entire run you'd have now let's talk about getting over that base of support and not leaning in because I've done some video and photos of you guys on the team <laughs> uh, on some terrain where I'm standing there and my elbow is actually in the slope <laughs> as I'm taking your picture. So getting over that base of support without leaning in, you're really out there. Right. And so with that, you you feel exposed and you're hanging out, you know, and that's part of that, that comfort level, that fear management that you deal with. And it's okay to have, have that thrill and a little bit of fear, but you want to make sure it's not so much fear that, that the fear controls your actions and your emotions. So some things of like, and that's why I say, once you see somebody able to be there, that's when you can start modifying, you know, and, and until you see that, you got to let them still spend more time, and get comfortable there. And so some, some thoughts that I have of that would be outside of the, the steep train that I use to help people start feeling that sensation and, and developing those skills are simple things like uh, using train parks. Oh, really? I'll jump into train parks. And if I have opportunity to have a, a large half pipe, the technique for working in large half pipes is we, we work to keep our bodies pretty much perpendicular to the surface that we're on. And as that pipe goes up towards vertical, your body becomes perpendicular to the ground, per se, even though, or level to the ground, and your skis are perpendicular to the wall. And so working in that realm of getting people into half pipes, dropping in off the top and getting their whole center mass to move forward, and then, and then working along their, you know, keeping their self to work above their base of support as they go through transition the flat and then go up the other side, allows people in a smaller less terrifying environment to to experience that being out and perpendicular to your slope um and you can work that in a lot of different ways and if you don't have a half pipe oftentimes you can work transitions of jumps or side sides of jumps that are man-made that may be very very steep and then have a transition and how are you working your body to be out over out over your skis and keeping your body perpendicular to the surface you're on and then and then moving that through as it goes through transition Oh, I'm thinking like, I know I've seen parks with no pipe, but you've got uh, maybe a really steep wall that's got mm -hmm. a feature at the top that you may want to try to get to. And exactly, I mean, it is like the the uh, uh, wall of a pipe. Exactly. On the, and there's lots of things. There's quarter pipes, there's spines. Yeah. Um, and th there's a bunch of different features there. But the key is is to is to get in an environment where you reduce a lot of the external pieces like if you're up a high on a big mountain and you're on something super steep or there's like a cornice drop in where it's drifted over and it's somewhat vertical and steep if you can get that drop in comfortable so you can drop in and know that your skis will be on the snow to start working your first couple of turns you you're that many steps ahead if your first couple of turns are super against it braced and and pure survival the chances are you're going to have to stop or while stopping, you're going to use some aggressive movements that may lead to a fall. Um, you know, you start bracing with straight legs or leaning back and getting away from it. You know, that then then you have a longer fall because you're all the way up top. You know, and you're 
and your senses are taking in this big view, you're up high. Um, if you do fall, you probably might go for a long ways um, if it snows a little bit firm. So um, taking people out of that and using other parts of the mountain to develop the individual skill sets we would use on the advanced side of skiing up there. How about steep and narrow? I'm thinking chutes, corbets, something like that. Well, there you go. Let's talk about corbets. One day I'll actually get there and actually okay. ski it. So, <laughs> but I've seen it, and I can see. And and when you see it on TV, you see a couple of different ways people enter corbets. And the t- and if you look, and if you, you were just talking and about, and if you look at corbets, imagine a half pipe stuck right up in there. Right, you have your vert on top. It goes through transition. And then, you know, it remains a little bit steep. It doesn't go to flat, but through that transition. So if you can work your skis down that and remain perpendicular surface, you'll find that you're so much more in control than if you come in and throw your skis sideways and try to grab, grab onto a whole bunch of traction, which then sets you up braced against it, which then high, you might high side and do something like that. Um, but then, if, then the next piece is when it's narrow, some other parts of advanced steep skiing is accepting a little bit more speed. And I might have talked about that in the last one, but this is a point like the, the more performance you get or the smoother you want to go, every slope that you're on kind of has its what I call terminal velocity. There is a point at which if you make the same turn on a green, on a blue, on a black or double black, each point time you step up, you're in control, but you're going to go be going a little bit faster just because of the forces and how gravity works with you. And so spending time on, on steep terrain is getting used to going a little bit quicker. Not a lot faster, like let's say three miles an hour or maybe five miles an hour faster. And so if you're comfortable with that going a little bit faster, if you get into something steep and narrow, accept that you're maybe going to go a little bit faster, but get in there and make that same short turn you make everywhere else on the mountain. You know, like that just basic short bump turn that you'd make anywhere. There may or may not be bumps, but if you can consistently make that speed, what you'll do is you'll hit a, hit a velocity where you're going to quit accelerating. And then you'll just maintain that speed the whole time. Um, and the biggest thing is, is that drop-in is where you go from zero to however fast you're going to be going for the rest of the time. So you're going to hit that terminal velocity quickly, but then you just try to your best to maintain it. And that, that's typically, like the acceleration part is usually the part that we get, that we deal with um, to, manage our, to manage our run and, and a little bit of that thriller excitement. And once we get through that and we're, we're making a consistent turn, then that's when we hit that point of like, oh, this is okay. I, I am safe. I'm in a good spot. Um, so oftentimes it's wise to practice that when you have a little bit more room. So as you start making those turns and, and you feel something's uncomfortable, you have a little bit of room to make a bigger turn that goes back up the hill where you're not going to come in to a rock wall. You know, you have some space. And then continue to practice that until you feel you can make that same turn consistently everywhere you go. I was just thinking three to five miles an hour from zero to three, that doesn't seem all that much, but uh, 20 to 25 or 25 to 30, that extra right. five miles an hour, that can, that can feel pretty fast. You know, you're funny. If you're a mathematician, they're way different. 20 to 25 is way less than zero to five. Exactly. Like zero to five is a Huge, huge. Per- huge percentage increase, or even 5 to 10, right? Right. You've doubled your speed. 25 to 30, you're only, you're only increasing a smaller percentage. Um, but yes, it is. It's a piece that you got to be paid attention to. <laughs> um, and so as you're doing this, the, the, the pieces that you want to start paying attention to are, are you, are you getting, getting your skis to engage 
through that shaping phase of the turn. Can you, can you go through that transition with a bit of patience to, so that your skis have a chance to get a little bit of purchase as they tip up on the edge? And then as you then add some rotational forces, that shaping piece, where when you come turning through, making that short turn is gonna create a little bit of friction. It's gonna help control your speed and then, and then it gives you a chance to then have a nice smooth transition again. And that's the part of the flow that we're after. And I don't want to get too out there, but I'm, I'm just thinking of the North Face at Crested Butte, things like that, mm-hmm. where, I mean, maybe you could go through a wide variety of snow conditions on, on that run. You could have wind glaze with some beautiful snow above it and maybe even below it. And then all of a sudden you're on what feels like pretty much glaze ice. How do you deal with the changing conditions? Well, that's a good question. <clears throat> and... Uh, the, the piece that's really neat to that is, you know, they, you know, some of my teammates have to spoke to touch mm-hmm. over the last several things, you know, check in with some of those, or they speak to some different pieces of that, um, or, or the ones that talked about that pressure magnitude pieces. But as you get in, in that train or you're dealing with, with changing snow conditions of untracked to tracked up to wind blown, chalky, hard, firm, the, the differences that you'll, you'll come is, is you start trusting your skis to travel along their length. And so if I, if I can let my skis do what they're designed to do and bend longitudinally, I can let the front of my ski run into something and, and it'll start bending and take away some of that shock. And, and then I can let that follow through, right? And so the more I can let my skis follow along the length, the more that my skis will work with me. So when my, my train changes, the skis will act more consistently. If I spend more time twisting and sliding sideways, that's when the snow conditions really have a large effect on my ability to manage them. And so think about like a snowplow pushing snow, how strong and how big it needs to be to push a big amount of snow. Whereas if you are now slicing through the snow, it takes way less energy. Um, so think about if you're in that variable terrain and you turn them sideways and you have a clump that hits the tip or a clump that hits your tail, it can twist that ski back and forth because of the forces and you're trying to fight it with your muscular system and, and really get against it. Whereas if you can really guide that ski with, with a bit of um, tip to tail motion and really letting that tip hit things first and then try and get the rest of the ski follow through the same track, now you get in the ski design to help you and you're not, and the, the train has less effect on what that ski's gonna do in that snow. So, if what, where in your career did you realize that you loved skiing steeps? Oh man. Early? Like, I can remember being with my parents in Colorado Springs going to the you know, early Warren Miller films. And that, that was just the original like catch, that the hook of watching those films, going, with, going and watching those. and spending time with the family and watching these people ski this stuff and thinking that one day I'm going to do that. That looks so fun. You know, you see like untouched powder virgin fields of funness. And, and then, um, actually it's funny thing is, is my, my life growing up skiing was out of college spring ski in different places, but I didn't really end up in Crested Butte until I was in college going to school down in Western state. Um, and then, then my life changes. I had the opportunity to spend a lot more time and train um, to the point where you know I got to do a little some competitions and stuff, and never super successful, but it was a good time. And in conclusion, let's kind of take this back to teaching. Now we're up on uh, something 
that can be intimidating to uh, our student. Maybe they've seemed completely ready. They get up there, they look down, and they have a freeze moment. Uh, what are some things we can do to get that student? We know they have the, the skills to ski it, but the mind is there just completely blocking them. What are some, some ways that you use to uh, help your students get through that? You know, a couple of things to keep in mind with that is sometimes you just got to go with it and walk away and come back another day. But if it's something that you know this person has asked you to help them through and it's not coming from you as the instructor being like, you need to do this, but something like, I really want to do this from, your, from the person that you're coaching, is, is when you get up there and they, they start freezing is to, is to spend some time talking to them about what they truly want and, and having the discussion of what they've accomplished. You know, spend some time building them up, letting them know that what they have ownership of. They, you know, express to them about the speeds that, that they've already skied at, at the things that they've already accomplished. You know, have them have some realization of here's things that you've done. Um, I often try to assimilate or, or transfer stuff that they've done that may be harder or very, very similar to what they're, what they're currently doing. Um, you know, because typically when I'm coaching people, I'll try to put the hardest part in the middle of the run so that they're skiing and they're part of the run. And then when it gets hard, they're already moving, they're already in it. They can, they can manage that terrain and then it gets easier as they come out or however it finishes. And then when you take it to the hard parts at the beginning, that changes our perspective. But spending some time, like after I do something hard like that, I'd be like, hey, that is one of the hardest things you're ever going to do right there in the middle of that run. And, and having them have some ownership and some realization of that. So then when we are on top of something where they're up there and they're like having that freeze moment, be like, remember when you did this? That was harder than what you're getting ready to do. It just looked different because you're already moving. You don't try to get them in there. And then the other part says is what we talked about on that, on that first thing is giving permissions. Like, okay, you know, we don't need to own this right now, but let's go feel it. Let's sidestep into this or do some side hops that get us down into the terrain so that they're not just out exposed looking at the biggest part of it, but they can get down it, they touch it, and they have an have opportunity to, to get in there and they can start sliding around in the snow a little bit, you know, like a little bit of just side slip one way or side slip the other way, you know, you know very slow. And that tends to give people a sense of, of ownership of the zone. And, and that usually guides them into, they'll, they'll maybe step out and make a turn and then they'll step out and make another turn. And then the next turn maybe is actually a, a parallel skidded turn and then another parallel. And then, then as they're like, oh, this isn't that bad or that this, I do have, have the skills for this, then they're, they're skiing to be able to improve and hopefully have a chance to go back up there and do it again. Now, Crested Butte, could people, um, obviously they could get a private lesson with you, but you also do steeps clinics, things like that. Do you do those traveling or strictly out of Crested Butte? Well, uh, that is something I have, I have traveled a little bit for, of uh, being at different locations, had a chance to work with people and doing some clinics. I got to do some stuff out of Tahoe last year in a Western event that was super cool. Um, up at Sugar Bowl and then out of Crested Butte I don't currently run a personal steeps clinic but our mountain has has that as an option and um, and then yes then there's always an opportunity for privates or, or things like that, that that people will take so if someone really wanted to get out and do some steeps and uh, they went to Jackson Hole Big Sky Crested Butte 
um, they could look for something like a specific steeps clinic. Absolutely. Most all the big mountains have some version of getting into that terrain. And, and there's a handful of great instructors at all of those mountains that, that would be a great handling about anybody. Um, developing the skills that you're going to need to be in that terrain and then and managing you through that terrain, guiding you into the, into the best places possible for you to enjoy it. Dusty, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us and, uh, and for putting your voice through 15, 20 minutes of uh, some more rigorous work after, uh, what now, two weeks? Yeah, we're getting close clinics. to three. Yeah. Ooh. Three weeks here in Summit, so I'm ready to go home and spend some time with the family for sure. I'm missing the kiddos. And, you know, of course, I was just saying we're going to conclude, but uh, you got team tryouts coming up. They are this year? Yeah. Are you sure? I think so. Man, it sure seems like I got a few more years to go. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's the thing. You know, it's interesting that I've heard a couple of your last contests talking to some of the teammates about that. And I've, I've held that at bay for this, this fall, you know, just living, you know, living my life active, trying to be, be the Clint, you know, like the skier, the mountain biker, whatever that I, that I am with my family. Um, but being here in team training and fall conference and Rocky Mountain Ned staff training and kids and now with member school management stuff that it's a question I'm asked every single day. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've been not trying to think about this. So um, now that it's on my head and, it, and this thing, and you know, with that coming up, it's my, my plans are to, to try to provide some opportunities to ski with groups of people. You know, I think uh, chatting with Nick Heron a little bit earlier today, we're probably gonna make a couple of events down in Crested Butte for, hey, come ski, come do some prep. And then um, really, it's gonna be out in, the, out in the road doing the job as, much as, as best I can and trying to keep on, keep on point. Well, I wish you all the best this season and uh, thanks again for taking the time to chat with us this evening. Uh, thank you, George. From the PSI ASI Mobile Studios at the Doubletree in Breckenridge, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.